Hi, this is Freddie Spencer coming to you after the 10th round of the 2018 MotoGP World Championship season, the Grand Prix of the Czech Republic at Brno. As I've said before, it's one of my, my favorite tracks that I got to race on. That was a new racetrack um, beginning in the mid-1980s. And, and I've said this, that it, what was so incredible about it was its size and certainly its elevation changes. And on a 500, it was an amazing circuit because it was so big that you felt you had the freedom to be really creative. And you could, on a track like that is that big, with big corners and big sections and, and we're just choosing the right line because of the width of the track, you could really utilize your abilities to be able to make a difference. And unfortunately, I, I didn't have a, a good round in that first year in 1987, but I knew if I was at my best that it would be a track that I certainly would love. And so I really enjoy always when the championship goes back to there because you, you feel like you're gonna be in for some good racing. Now, let's talk about practice. The conditions were really hot. And you could tell by um, watching on, on the screen, uh, the broadcast, that the stutter bumps on the entrance to the, to the corners, especially a lot of downhill sections, seem to be maybe getting a little bit worse. If you look at the lap times, the fast times, they're still, I think, Danny Petros's uh, race pace time from 2014. Uh, Mark Marquez's qualifying record uh, from 2016, so it's been a few years since there's been quicker time set there, but it's certainly, even though the speeds haven't really increased, the racing has become certainly a lot closer, and, and it's very exciting. But going into that first practice, that first day, the conditions were very warm. There was a lot of things with that we still got to figure out this season, you know, which direction is it going to go. I mean, certainly we know that Mark Marquez on the the Honda has been able to work around the issues with that bike, been able to push it to the edge, certainly his abilities, and certainly the fact that, that the support he has from HRC and all the different things seem to be helping him a great deal. Um, the other ride, of course, Danny Petros is still struggling, but we know that Danny's made that decision that he's going to retire, and so that could be figured in to maybe a little bit of the fact of, of the willingness to push to the edge. But I also sense there's some frustrations. Um, one of the things he did say in the race, and he finished pretty far back, and well, he was back in, in the lead group, back in 10th in or so. He talked about the engine performance and the fact that it seemed to be lacking a little bit on acceleration. That is certainly something that the riders have to deal with today. The teams have to deal with because of the fact they're limited on how many engines they have available. They try to get as much mileage as they possibly can out of each engine, and the engine is certainly the best performing day it usually is going to have is that first day, kind of like a computer, right? The fastest day it has is the, the moment you turn it on. It gets slower afterwards. But certainly these, these high-performance engines, that is the case. And, and Danny's engine had a lot of kilometers on it, and so uh, that could have been certainly part of it. Uh, I think maybe now that he's got that decision behind him, um, that he knows that he's going to move on to the next phase in his life, there's been rumors that possibly that could mean a testing. We know that, that Honda's offered that 
and Alberto Puga said that. There was a rumor this in the, this week, last few weeks, about KTM, which would certainly be a boon for them uh, if if he could get brought on board with his experience. Um, more obviously just on the Honda, but his experience and his speed would be something that the KTM team could benefit from. If for no other reason, the fact of he knows what it's like on any particular racetrack to run at this pace, the fast enough pace to win, and he could tell right away if the KTM bike is at that level yet or if they still need to do uh, more development work. So that would be worth a lot to KTM. I know that the other rider, that uh, Casey Stoner, who obviously did some testing with, with Ducati, he's kind of pulled away from that. Uh, they, but they have Michele Piro certainly is helping with them. There's been rumors that maybe, obviously, Scott Redding won't be with Aprilia now. Will he go to BSB or to World Superbike or a testing program with Aprilia? So all the teams are moving that direction. Uh, you know, Tani with Suzuki. Um, and so it's, it's, it's something that is, uh, that is certainly necessary uh, for, for all the top teams. With the amount of races that the, the main factor riders have to participate in, and just continued development. And I've said many times that, that I didn't have, when I was racing, the, the fastest test riders, but what I had is test riders that uh, Abisan, who definitely knew exactly what the bike needed to improve. He could tell the difference. And even if he wasn't running quite at my pace, he, was, he knew if I would like it or not. And that was a huge benefit for me, being able to weed through a lot of the issues uh, testing uh, development parts. So as we, as we move along in, in the weekend, uh, it was Valentino Rossi who I right away I felt looked so comfortable. His teammate Maverick Vinales, a little bit the opposite. Uh, as we've said so many times, there's something that he's struggling with. Uh, you can see whether it's, it's certainly we know he's emotional, but he got all the way through practice and down into qualifying one. Now, he was able to get out of that and move on to qualifying two along with Alex Renz. But still, there's something amiss um, with his consistency and with the Yamaha. It's, I think it, it certainly the Yamaha seems to be better. The M1 on a racetrack that is a horsepower hill that we know the last in Sector 4 at Brno, but it looked like that the bike, even though of course we know it's down on top speed, the Yamaha, let's say, versus the Ducati and maybe even the Honda, but still there's other areas that it looks like it's improved and I think one of them is maybe in the electronics area. Uh, and that's something I'll talk about in just a minute. But Maverick Granales, what is he gonna do or have to do to be able to get to that, that next level? Now he's third in the world championship, so you might say certainly he's right there, but just imagine if he could get better qualifying positions or more consistent with that and get that under control. Could he be there fighting for the win up front with the likes of Dovi and Jorge and Mark and Valentino like they were this weekend instead of so far back or having to come through the field as he has? That's certainly something they're still going to have to improve and hopefully can get a handle on that. As I mentioned, the Suzuki's, Alex Renz was farther back. I thought the Suzuki's be a little stronger this weekend. Anoni pulled out a very good uh, time in F3, F, or P3, excuse me, in practice uh, number three at the very end, as he always does. He gets in that, that one lap, 
but still consistency, race pace is something that um, they're going to have to work on. And again, that is, that is something that, that every team is looking for. We know that the top riders, that is their ability, is not only to be able to run that quick pace, but as we see in pretty much every race, is, is the qualifying position, yes, but you look at Valentino Rossi, who may qualify third row, fourth row, but still first, second lap, he's already up at the front. And that is such a critical aspect of being able to, to be there in the middle of the race and certainly at the end. Opposite, again, from what I was saying with Maverick Vinales, where his biggest struggle is he's not up there right at the beginning. If you look back two years ago, or last year, beginning of last year, when he, when he was winning races, those three races, it was the opposite. He was right there at the start of the race. So the Ducatis, uh, it was there was talk. You know what what's wrong with with uh, with Dovey? You know why is he struggling? Uh, he certainly was strong that first race at Qatar. Looked like he was picking up right where he left left off last season, and he was going to be battling Mark Marquez for the championship. And in fact, he ran at such a perfect race at Qatar. Uh, and so I, f I certainly know he felt the pressure of what Jorge was able to do. There's been the, the, in the press, the uh, Spanish and Italian press, and those two guys going back and forth. It certainly makes for great drama and, and reading for the fans. Um, but was it going to affect uh, Dovey maybe even more than Jorge? Because Jorge certainly has, has seemed to got a light on fire under him, as, as we've seen in his two wins, decision to go to HRC for next year and still up there, but not as consistent. But this was gonna be Dovey's weekend. And it was impressive in the very hot conditions in qualifying two. Uh, in fact, with Valentino Rossi in tow, uh, he put in that really quick lap. Uh, going into that, I was thinking maybe Valentino would be the rider on the pole with that 55.1 that he ran at the very end of practice. But he actually, uh, followed Dovey and got second quickest. Um, he was what, 54.9, Dovey was 54.6, and then Mark Marquez was able to get up there at the very end, get on the front row, and Jorge Lorenzo was in fourth. So it certainly was going to set up for a great race. Now let me talk for just a second about the electronics and getting those worked out. It's very interesting. I've talked to a lot of riders. I'm doing the World Superbike Broadcast. Uh, for Eurosport and so being there and, and watching how the riders work through and I was talking to Michael Vandermark and about the improvements that they've been able to make this year on the Pata Yamaha team support from Yamaha has increased and in, in exactly where and we were at Goodwood and a couple weekends ago and we were talking about throttle position and I said you know going to a track like Mazzano at the very end of the race it'd be so dependent on feel the riders feel our feel being able to make adjustments at certain lean angle and so I was talking about that last three laps that he had with Jonathan Ray and the fact of uh, throttle position and it looked like that you know that doesn't change and he said absolutely you know that it doesn't in fact the more slippery it is the more you need the electronics to work the more you have to trust getting the throttle in the right position maybe not 95 percent but a hundred percent throttle opening for the electronics to work at its maximum. Now that requires a, certainly a tremendous amount of trust in the electronics working. And I think that's what we're seeing a little bit as the bikes improve at the MotoGP level with the, the standard CP, you know, electronics that everyone has to use. 
And so, you know, it, it, it becomes a matter of faith that the writer has in electronics working at the right moment in the right corner. And, you know, so what does that do to creativity? Uh, it certainly affects that. You watch the stability, even in the hot conditions of the bikes coming off the corner, and you can listen to the engine as, as the power is applied. And it's certainly, that becomes, from the rider's perspective, the focus is getting the bike at the right RPM, right, right throttle position, and then certainly in the electronics, the trash control, and those things kick in and affect. Does that take away from the rider's performance? Of course not, or, or the, 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 what's happening, but it's a different type focus than when there wasn't electronics. And so it's, it's just different. It doesn't mean that one requires a greater skill, maybe as far as in my case or uh, in my era, let's say, that certainly your, your ability to feed the power in at the right time and you were dependent on your ability to anticipate the movement and what you feel felt as attraction was being applied. And so it's a different, certainly it's a different type of commitment that the writers are having to make and certainly there is a lot more focus on the engineering and the electronics and that development. And so that's, that's why, and I'm passing that along, so when you hear the writers talk about it, understand that it's, it's, they're having to focus on different areas, and it requires a tremendous amount of trust in that, absolutely. The battle in the race was certainly amazing. It was going to always, I felt it was going to come down, to when Dovey was leading, he led all but three three laps of the race, maybe four, right there in the middle when Valentino got around him for a few laps. But he had it certainly under control, as we've seen him over these last two years, when he and when everything is working right for him. And so he controlled the race, and it was going to come down to where the mark could make a pass at the right time. You could see that he was pushing, but it certainly was great to see Jorge Lorenzo because there certainly has been talk over the years of, of that he's fine once you get in front, he controls the pace, but he really doesn't get in there and battle. But you could see the friction in the battle between him and Dovey coming down to the end, and, and Jorge certainly wanted to come on, out on top as well as Dovey wanted to get a season turned around. Now, the couple of passes that he made, you know, what could have Horry done different to be able to make those passes stick? The one thing is, is knowing exactly that as Horry's, you saw him as a left and right transition, as Horry's going by, is anticipating that Dovey is going to ease up and let him make the pass, hoping that he'll run wide so that Dovey can make the pass back up the inside. And that is where you, you just have to try to, and it's difficult. And certainly in that situation, only Ori knows what he needed and how much speed he needed to get by Dovey, but he wasn't able to, to keep a low line and get the bike slowed down and turned in the right to be able to block Dovey making that, that pass back up the inside. But you could almost see it coming, right? It certainly was a great race, and it's setting up for an incredible season, starting back again with this weekend's race at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are too.